Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. We are your audio newspaper. This is episode 86. We thank you for being here today. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to Dirty Job Brewing with our trivia question of the week. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. MISD honors Alma Martinez and Charlene McKenzie at school dedication ceremony. We heard the train a-coming, and boy, was it big. COVID-19 continues its increasing local spread. Coming up in the features section, saxophones and space. Back to school means back to the doctor. I'm Katrina Brown, and today we are talking about the importance of back-to-school physicals on your Texas Health Tip of the Week. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be sharing for the first time a recipe for a shot. We have the seven-day weather forecast plus an interview with a pair of educational legends. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Southwestern Adventist University is ranked number two in social mobility by U.S. News and World Report Regional Colleges West. That means SWAU is one of the best schools when it comes to helping people better themselves and improve their economic circumstances. U.S. News and World Report also rank SWAU 11th best regional college west. If you're interested in learning more about SWAU, visit their website, swau.edu. Hey, business owners, have you thought about growing your business through social media but don't know where to start? Never fear. I'm Sonia Salazar, and Wise Media Group is here offering coaching for do-it-yourself social media marketing, or we can do it for you. We have packages for every budget. Wise Media Group specializes in organic Facebook and Instagram growth. Let's get Mansfield businesses connected in 2021. Give us a call for a free 30-minute consultation at 817 917- 913-2989. That's 817-913-2989. Or find us on social media at Wise Media Group. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Media Group on Facebook and Instagram. Wise Media Group, helping you make wise social media marketing decisions in 2021. Hi, this is Teresa Cohagen, Director for Visit Mansfield, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. It is my great pleasure that I, Michelle Newsom, President of the Board of Trustees, do hereby dedicate this campus, the new Alma Martinez Intermediate School. It was a day of celebration as school board president, Michelle Newsom, officially dedicated Alma Martinez Intermediate School on Saturday. Principal Leah Boyles told a crowded cafeteria that even though Mrs. Martinez retired from MISD several years ago, she continues to serve the community. She was here this past Monday morning bright and early to help me welcome our staff members back to school for the first time for professional development. And she shared some of her love for teaching and learning with them and some encouraging words. Ms. Martinez, I really am honored that I am the principal at the school that has your name. Speaking on behalf of the city of Mansfield, Mayor Pro Tem Todd Tenori. Ms. Martinez, you are a blessing to our community, and these halls that bear your name will be a blessing to so many young people for many generations to come. Martinez stood proudly at the lectern, humbled by the school that bears her name. I stand here humbly, looking at a school way beyond belief of its beauty with my name on it, not little letters, huge letters. (laughs) And know that I'm not a superhero or a person with a brilliant mind or an eloquent speaker. I'm not even tall. (laughs) But a five foot female Hispanic woman who was guided and blessed by God to serve the students, the parents, and staff in this community. MISD Superintendent Dr. Kimberly Cantu is proud of the district's newest intermediate school, which is located in the southern part of Mansfield near Lone Star Road. I am so excited about Alma Martinez Intermediate School, number one, because of the namesake and what an incredible contribution she's made to Mansfield ISD for decades. But this is such an amazing facility that um, not only houses STEM and fine arts, but a traditional 
uh, opportunity for kids, and it's the blending of that is just the, the perfect way to start the school year for these kids at Alma Martinez. Principal Boyles told About Mansfield that from the ground up, her new school with ample natural and LED lighting and open-air concept is simply stunning. This facility in this campus is absolutely amazing. Uh, from the construction, everything that was the thoughts that were put into the construction, making it unique and special, the academies that are part of the school, and how they all feed in together to also work with our comprehensive neighborhood campus are going to create beautiful and wonderful learning opportunities for our community. A similar dedication ceremony was held later in the day at Charlene McKenzie Middle School. The late Mrs. McKenzie was a teacher for over 33 years, most recently at Western Middle School, and was honored multiple times as Teacher of the Year. All MISD schools officially open for classes on Wednesday, August 18th. You could hear it for miles around Saturday morning as hundreds of Mansfieldians gathered at railroad crossings and overpasses to watch Union Pacific 4014, also known as Big Boy, power its way through the city. Big Boy is a steam locomotive built in 1941 and is owned and operated by Union Pacific as part of their heritage fleet. This is the first time Big Boy has gone on tour since its post-restoration debut in 2019 when Union Pacific rolled out this legendary locomotive to help celebrate the 150th anniversary of the Transcontinental Railroad's completion. We want to say thanks to Facebooker Scott Worse for the audio. There's a steady new spread of the COVID-19 epidemic here in Mansfield. Science reporter Dennis Webb has the story. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. The wrong way trends continue locally. City of Mansfield saw a recent increase in weekly new cases reported at 185. This is the highest value here since February. During the January 2021 peak spread, we saw nearly 500 new diagnoses each week in Mansfield. Two new fatalities here this past week, an increase over recent weeks, but too small a number to suggest an actual trend. Back in January 2021, Mansfield COVID fatalities got as high as 15 per week. 44.1% of Mansfield citizens over age 12 are fully vaccinated, according to county reporting. Tarrant County's overall trend suggests the same increasing spread. 919 fellow citizens were in the hospital with the virus at the end of last week. This number has increased each of the last 10 weeks, growing from 80 citizens early in June. This represents an 11-fold increase. Fatalities from COVID-19 have not yet seen an increasing trend, though in epidemics, fatalities lag hospitalizations by some weeks. The local test positivity rate remains at 22%, indicating a lot of infected citizens have not yet been diagnosed. Community spread remains estimated as high. Texas statewide trends are similar. Tarrant County public health officials recommend all eligible citizens get vaccinated. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. It's time to get back to work, Mansfield. If you own or manage a business here in Mansfield and have a job opening, allow us to help spread the word in your own words in our Mansfield job opening segment. For example, have you seen the amount of help wanted signs outside the offices of Champion Home Builders? Take a drive by 606 South 2nd Avenue right here in Mansfield. They are hiring and there's possibly a position for you. Now it's your turn. It's easy. Dial 817-435-2938 and leave a voicemail describing your job opening in 30 seconds or less. Include your contact information. Please call on behalf of your own business and not someone else's. Again, that number is 817 435 Friday is not only my birthday, but coincidentally, it's National Radio Day, recognizing the great invention that has brought us news, information, music, and stories carried across the terrestrial airwaves. Several inventors had a part in the invention of the radio in the late 1800s. Amazingly, not just one person could be credited with its beginning. Instead, each component developed through the invention and the discovery. As these technologies converged, the radio came to life. Two contributors include German Heinrich Hertz and Serbian Nikola Tesla, but it was Italian Guglielmo Marconi who put it all together to make the first wireless transmitter, also known as the radio. Let's check the weather forecast and using her best radio voice, 
Here's Colleen. Well, happy birthday to a guy who has a fabulous radio voice. I do, though, have quite the radio face. Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. I forgot to mention this last week, but this past Monday, August 16th, was one of my favorite dates of the year. It's the day that the daily high temperature here starts to drop. After a lengthy and painful plateau of an average of 97 degrees, as of August 16th, our average high has dropped down to only 96 degrees. It's been below average with some pop-up rain so far this week, and we should be below average for a little while longer. We'll continue to have rain chances for the next several days that will keep us in the low to mid-90s through Friday. Things should dry out after that, and we'll stay in the mid-90s through the weekend and into Monday, when temperatures will creep back up to our seasonally appropriate 96 degrees. Meanwhile, the Tarrant Regional Water District suggests that many Mansfield lawns will need zero to three-quarters of an inch of irrigation water this week. The rains were scattered over the weekend, allowing many sprinklers to remain off, but some lawns may need additional water this week. With the small chance of rain every day, pretty much through the weekend, use your rain gauge, monitor the weather, and water only if needed. As always, you can view a map of watering recommendations for North Texas at waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. So when we come back in 60 seconds, science reporter Dennis Webb takes us to space. Health specialist Katrina Brown has the Texas Health Tip of the Week. And Brian Certain is here with the Cocktail of the Week. Also coming up later in this episode, the trivia question and a conversation with Alma Martinez and Brenda Norwood. Stay with us. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Hey Mansfield, did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Hi, I'm Michelle Newsom. Mansfield School Board Trustee, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. We are your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Saxophone in space. Science reporter Dennis Webb has the story. Dennis? Thanks, Steve. During the closing ceremonies of the Tokyo Summer Olympics, you might have seen near the end a video anticipation of the next Summer Olympics in Paris, France in 2024. One segment was a variety of musical groups performing the French national anthem, La Marseillaise, in various spectacular locations around Paris, and we have a link to the YouTube on the About Mansfield links page if you want to watch it. It's pretty cool. At the very end was a short segment of a casually dressed man in an odd-looking place playing a verse of the song. Hey Steve, cue the sax music. That simple melody was performed on the International Space Station by French astronaut Thomas Pesquet on his old alto saxophone. 
Pesquet had wanted to bring the saxophone with him when he launched to the ISS on the SpaceX Crew Dragon capsule, but there wasn't enough room. All space travelers get a small amount of weight and volume to carry personal items with them, but apparently an alto sax is too big. His colleagues surprised him by delivering his sax to the space station on a later SpaceX Dragon cargo flight, and he was able to perform his nation's patriotic tune for the video. Over the 20 years that crews have lived on the International Space Station, there have been many instruments brought up, and many of them are still there for future crews, including a Larravee parlor-sized acoustic guitar that got there by two crew members pooling their personal allocations. There's also a small battery-powered keyboard that shows up from time to time. Astronaut Katie Coleman took four flutes on her 2011 mission to ISS. One of them was borrowed from Steve Casillo's favorite flautist, Ian Anderson. And Katie in space and Ian on the Earth played a duet of the tune Bourree. Next time you see Steve with his flute, ask him to play Bourree. Two other astronauts have brought flutes into space, Ellen Ochoa and John Harrington. Flutes in space. Anyway, back to saxophones. Astronaut Pesquet's was not the first saxophone in space. That honor belongs to astronaut Ron McNair in 1984 on shuttle mission 41B. Ron was a longtime tenor sax player, and he had rented a soprano saxophone and gotten it approved to fly in his personal weight and volume allocation on the space shuttle. Ron, as a scientist, knew there would be obstacles to getting a good tone inside the strange environment of the shuttle, and he worked with a fellow who rented it in the sax, Kurt Heisick in California, and they communicated over the phone. Here's some about the obstacles. First, the cabin pressure on Ron's mission would be similar to Denver's. What happens is, on a, a space shuttle mission where you're going to do a lot of EVAs, they lower the cabin pressure to help the, the EVA astronauts get to their even lower pressure in their spacesuits to go outside in the complete absence of pressure in the vacuum of space. Saxophonists who travel quickly from sea level to high in the mountains initially have trouble getting a good tone, so Kurt suggested that Ron practice on very heavy reeds and use lighter reeds when in space, and that worked. The second obstacle. As the sax is played, moisture from the player's breath condenses on the inside of the sax and runs down the instrument if you're lucky enough to have gravity to be expelled. In zero-g, or microgravity as we say, Ron found that the moisture condensed into a ball of water inside the saxophone, and it would bounce around and eventually lodge in one of the tone holes, creating a bubbling effect on some of the notes. So the solution was to take the mouthpiece off and blow the water balls out. Third obstacle. The extremely low humidity in the shuttle's cabin would tend to dry out the pads that close the tone holes on the saxophone to make the various notes. Apparently, the pads depend on some minimal level of humidity to work. As long as Ron was playing, there was no problem, as his breath put humidity into the, into the uh, saxophone. But if it was put away for a day, he, after all, he wasn't there to play the sax, the pads would dry out and the instrument would not play right until he rehydrated the pads by playing it a little bit. Ron figured out how to wrap the sax tightly in plastic between performances, and, the, it and when he unwrap it, it would play great. Now, this sounds like a lot of fooling around on the taxpayer's dime, but particularly for the six-month space station mission, where the crews work very long days, six and sometimes seven days a week, it is physiologically important for the human crew to have a few minutes each day to wind down before sleep. Some listen to music or watch movies. There's a huge collection of movies on some hard drives. Others take photos out the window, draw, paint, knit, quilt, and a few play musical instruments. Ron McNair took the little saxophone with him on his second mission, 51L, on the Challenger shuttle in 1986, planning to record some music demonstrating you could play a sax in space and it would sound good. On that launch day, the Challenger exploded, killing Ron and the rest of his crew, and the wreckage, including the saxophone, fell into the Atlantic Ocean. I had played in a jazz band with Ron, he, he on tenor sax, me on bass, when his astronaut training would permit, and so it was such a joy for me to finally see an astronaut playing a saxophone in space. If you have questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. It's time right now for the Texas Health Tip of the Week, sponsored by Texas Health Hospital Mansfield, located at 287 and Lone Star Road. This week, health specialist Katrina Brown talks about back-to-school physicals. 
Katrina. It's time for your kiddos back to school checkup, also known as a yearly physical. This is the most important doctor visit of the year to evaluate your child's overall health, so don't skip it. Annual physicals are more comprehensive than a regular checkup or even a sports physical. So if your child has had a sports physical for summer camp or summer football, this doesn't mean that you can skip the back-to-school physical. They still need a full physical to see what's going on head to toe. And no matter what grade your child may be entering or if they're leaving for college, they need this more comprehensive physical so they're prepared for the next year. Why so, you may ask? Because schools are common breeding grounds for bacteria, infections, and getting sick with viruses. Your child may need things like required yearly vaccinations, blood work, and or information on injury prevention for sports they may be playing this fall. An annual checkup is very important for your child's growth and development. By getting a yearly physical, especially before going back to school, it allows for your child to build up a medical history. Getting checked out not only helps detect early health problems, but also helps you stay informed about your child's history of past illness, injury, and immunization records. Speaking of immunizations, during your child's annual physical is the perfect time to verify he or she is up to date with the recommended vaccines for your child's age group. Vaccinations can help protect you or your loved one from life-threatening diseases that can have unfortunate long-term effects. Even though we might not ever come into contact with some of these life-threatening diseases, we still take precautions. Plus, it's not just about us. It's about contagion for those around us and making sure our little ones are not spreading their germs to others who are at a higher risk of getting sick. Schools may require updated immunizations like meningitis, hepatitis B, influenza, tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis. Depending on your child's age, they all have a vaccination schedule. The CDC lists the most common vaccinations a child should get from birth to 18 years old. Colleges, on the other hand, usually have a specific vaccination requirement, and this often differs from college to college for incoming college freshmen who will be living in the dorm. If you don't know what's required for your child's particular school, look on the college website for health services where the requirements will usually be listed. If not, contact them directly. Establishing the tradition of an annual physical with your children will hopefully help them place importance on health and health maintenance as they mature into adulthood. It is never too early to instill these important lessons. Until next time, keep you and your little ones healthy, Mansfield. On behalf of Texas Health Hospital Mansfield and reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Katrina Brown. Brian Certain is serving up another original concoction with the Cocktail of the Week. Brian. In this week's Shot of the Week segment, I'll be sharing for the first time a recipe for a shot. So this week's Shot of the Week is the popcorn movie night. Last week, I introduced you to the Tawaka Old Fashioned, and this week, I'm following up with another drink that includes this wonderful liqueur. After being introduced to Tawaka, I then started experimenting with different flavors to match with the Tawaka. One of my first discoveries was adding butterscotch liqueur to the Tawaka, and I'll be darned if it doesn't taste just like hot buttered popcorn. But don't worry, as always, about taking notes, as I'll be giving the ingredients and the instructions, and they'll be posted on bourbongospel.com. So the Tawaka Popcorn Movie Night. One and a half ounces of Tawaka, one half ounce of butterscotch schnapps. You'll need a pinch of salt and for fun, a piece of popcorn. You're going to blend the butterscotch schnapps and the Tawaka with ice and then strain into a shot glass. Add a pinch of salt and garnish with a piece of popcorn. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain says, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Congratulations to Wade Merriweather, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What are the names of the three new MISD schools? With recent dedications, they are Brenda Norwood Elementary, Alma Martinez Intermediate, and Charlene McKenzie Middle School. Wade has won a $25 gift card to Dirty Job Brewing. After the break, this week's trivia question of the week. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. 
The Texas Health Tip of the Week was sponsored by Texas Health Hospital Mansfield, located at 287 and Lone Star Road. In 1999, Mansfield Cares was founded to be the safety net for those in need in our great city. Mansfield Cares built the first free medical, dental, eye clinic and the warehouse that is home to the only food bank in Mansfield. Our city's seven food pantries, Feed the Kids program, Back to School Bash, and college scholarships have all benefited from Mansfield Cares. Become a part of Mansfield's safety net. Donate today at mansfieldcares.org. That's mansfieldcares.org. Hey, it's Steve Casillo, and I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities. can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, On the Mark, Grown and Unfiltered, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Epic Voices and Conversations from Palm Springs. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 right here in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and you get to record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast or if you're just looking for a better place to record podcast mansfield recording studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com that's podcastmansfield.com hi i'm orion jean with race to kindness and you're listening to about mansfield it's time right now for the highly coveted wildly popular trivia question of the week the first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Dirty Job Brewing. You can find them at 117 North Main Street in Historic Mansfield, serving craft beer that is made right there on the premises, and a variety of pizzas, sandwiches, and much more. You can check them out on the web at dirtyjobbrewing.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, we don't have to go very far back in time for this week's question. The Mansfield ISD Center for the Performing Arts is a multi-purpose facility which includes a 5,500-seat performance hall, a large banquet area, and three computer labs. This week's question is, what year did the Mansfield ISD Center for the Performing Arts open? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, What year did the Mansfield ISD Center for the Performing Arts open? Good luck, and thanks to Derek at Dirty Job for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And for those of you who listen to the podcast or have listened to the podcast for regularly for the last year and a half, you know, you pick up some little snippets about my personal life and... Maybe within the last year and a half, I've mentioned that the both of my kids are products of the Mansfield ISD. My daughter goes all the way back to preschool. My son started in MISD in second grade. And both of the people that are here in the studio today not only affected both of my kids, but uh, really affected my family as a whole. And we're going to get into uh, to talking with, uh, with both of these uh uh, guests here in just a second. My uh, my son, uh, both my son and my daughter went through Mary Orr. And in the studio today, we have a retired teacher from Mary Orr. We also have a retired principal from Mary Orr. And again, both of these uh, guests of mine affected my family so greatly by the way that my children were affected by both of them. It is truly an honor to welcome Brenda Norwood, retired teacher from Mary Orr. Welcome to About Mansfield. Thank you. And it is equally an honor to have Alma Martinez, the principal, retired from Mary Orr. Welcome to About Mansfield. Thank you. I got to first start off, I'm a little bit in awe because the the two of you now have schools named after you. Mm-hmm. And Brenda, let's start with you. Um, I know you have a long history here in Mansfield. Were you born in Mansfield? 
I was born in, at the uh, Peter Smith Hospital and was raised in Mansfield. Raised in Mansfield. Mm-hmm. Talk about, I know that uh, this has been mentioned many, many times, your school, this is back in Mansfield when, before the, when the schools were segregated. Oh, yes. You talked about the days of... Um, Having to walk to school, you couldn't ride the bus. Hmm. Tell, me, tell me about the uh, the history of education growing up here in Mansfield. Well, here in Mansfield, uh, as you said, it was segregated, and we did not have bus service. And uh, from first grade all the way up to eighth grade, we went to a school what they would call the colored school. Miss Thelma Jones was one of the teachers, and there was uh, Mrs. Uh, oh, the, the two of the sisters that came from, they would uh, drive from Fort Worth. One would work at Mansfield, Miss Wilson, and her sister went to Corsicana. She would drive on to Corsicana. And uh, then we had our music teacher who came from Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had, and our principal at the time was uh, Mr. Chapman. And uh, but uh, as I said, we walked to school every day. And how far of a walk was that? That was from okay, you know, uh, on Broad Street, where the hill. When you first come down on Broad Street, come come in down down the hill. It was about oh. Uh, about a half a mile. Half a mile. Mm-hmm. Okay. About a half a mile every day. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, some of the, uh, the the teachers. Uh, Thelma Jones. Uh, she lived here in Mansfield. Has a school named yes, after she her. Uh huh. She was a generational teacher. She taught my mother. Wow. And she uh, she taught many people here in Mansfield, and she also taught me as well and my sister and my brother. You graduated from Mansfield High. Yes. And at what point did you feel that um, you wanted to become a teacher? At the point, well, it all kind of just, I miss Willie, Mr. P. Right. Came to my home and asked me if I would come and work for the school district because they had no blacks in the district. And they were going to lose some federal monies. And this is after I had graduated from high school. And I said, yes, as a teacher, he wanted me to come in as a teacher's aide, and that's what I did. And, uh, you know, uh, at the time, I really wasn't interested, but you never know what God has in store for you. That's right. He places you where you need to be. So uh, as my time would, uh, would, uh, would go on in the school district, I became, I fell in love with it. And, and, and you taught for how long? Uh, after I got out of high school, that was in 1966 when I graduated and I started work at Mansfield High School, I mean, my Mansfield School District in 67 okay. as a teacher's aide. And that went on from, uh, I, would, I went from that school, well, I went to, there were several different schools at the time. And uh, well, I said several. Mansfield didn't have but three schools at the time when I started. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few more now. Oh, my goodness, yes. But uh, that's basically when it all started. It was just a beautiful experience. I enjoyed what I did. I loved the children. And uh, it was uh, this was what God meant for me to, be, to do. Well, we're going to go back here in, in time just uh, just a little bit. We'll talk about your career. and, okay. and, and But uh, I'm going to switch over to the other side of the table here. Alma, I know that um, you're not originally from Mansfield because no. I listened to your, your, uh, uh, your speech the other day. Refresh my memory. It was either San Antonio or Houston area. San Antonio. San Antonio. And you only had one job interview. Coming to Mansfield? Yes, one. And uh, Mr. Worley called me and he said, you're getting the job because you teach Sunday school class. I don't know if you can say that now. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And um, so... Let's take you back in time when uh, little little Alma. What? Um, where'd you go to school? Were you a good mm-hmm. student? Well, let's go back to where we went to school. Okay. Um, I was born in Harlingen, Texas. At that time, uh, my dad was a uh, teacher, and he was asked to 
after a couple of years, he was asked to move to Sitton, Texas, to start the work, the uh, uh, church work. So he went to Sitton, Texas, and that's where I went till the eighth grade there in Sitton, Texas. And it was a fine place to be. And then he was sent to Westlaco, Texas, down the valley, and uh, as a preacher. And that's where I saw total difference in education and how students were divided, Hispanic kids and, and the uh, white students, because there was a railroad track, and everyone was one side and the other side, and we weren't used to that. So that was a difference back then. So there was a little bit of segregation oh, even definitely. where you came from. Yes. And you, you mentioned in your speech the other day that at the dedication, uh, you're one of seven children. Yes. And where are you in the seven? I'm the oldest. <laughs> So by the time the seventh came around, you were were you a, the caretaker of your, your? Well, that we were the tradition back then was with my parents: is the oldest taught the youngest, the next, the next, and you took care of everything. And everyone respected the oldest. So yes, I took care of all of them when the mother and dad were out, and mm-hmm. yeah, and that's and that, and the next and sibling was saying, "Well, I'm older than you, so you have to listen to me," and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> A typical Friday night growing up, where you uh, where you grew up. What was uh, what were some of the hobbies, and what did you do on a typical Friday night? Well, I have to go back to my high school years. I guess okay. uh, it was a different culture back then. Uh, as being the oldest, we were we mainly we mainly stayed home. You know, my parents were very strict, and so a typical Friday would probably be home with mother and the kitchen and cooking and. Uh, Eating and just uh, listening to music. My dad would love classical music, and so that's where I got my love. And uh, he, we would listen to that. And at the same time, he would tell us about life. And this was at Westlaco because then we moved to Brownsville. And that's where the more where he began teaching us uh-huh. uh, life skills. So a typical Friday night would be being with the family, and then every once in a while. Uh, one of my girlfriends would come pick me up that drove, mm-hmm. and we'd go to a movie or something like that. You mentioned your parents would talk about life. Uh, what? Give me an example of maybe one life story that, that you remember your parents telling you that, that has stuck with you all these years. Well, always to get an education. Yeah. They always push that. And the first thing is they taught us English first. And he regrets that later. He regretted it. But he taught us English first. And so when we moved to West Coast, Texas, it was all Spanish and Hispanics. And it was a different culture for me back then, even because we lived in the Corpus Christi area, Sitton, Texas. So going back to Westlaco, he put me in all Spanish classes with all the Hispanic children. So I had to learn Spanish right away, how to read it, write it. And, and at first I got a lot of ridicule, but they were there. The kids didn't, you know, learn that I was real, that I wasn't faking it. And I got accepted. You had to be accepted. Yeah. So I was accepted. And that's where I learned that was the first life skill, putting me there in, in all Spanish classes. But I'm grateful for that because I can speak it now. <laughs> you spoke Spanish at the dedication the other yeah. day, which took me by surprise. I've never heard you speak yeah. Spanish. And you lose it if you don't practice it. <laughs> that's, that's true. Spanish is spoken in our home, and uh, which is my wife's native tongue as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's true. You, you don't use it. Right. Brenda, let's talk about a Friday night in Mansfield. You're in high school. What are you doing on a Friday night? Friday night. Mm-hmm. Mostly we're at home. And uh, we didn't, my mother didn't allow for us to get out very much. It wasn't any, really no place to go in Mansfield. Sometimes we may have, uh, some of the students may have a house party or something like that, but uh, basically we were at home because there was no place to go in Mansfield. Mansfield wasn't bustling like it is now. Oh, my goodness, no. There was a theater, the far best theater, and it, uh, if you uh, wanted to go to the theater movie, you had to walk. And, uh, of course, there was a door for the whites and door for the blacks, and, of course, the door for the blacks would go upstairs. I was going to say, yeah, the upstairs was reserved for, for blacks. Yes, yes. But that's basically what we did. We didn't go anyplace, really. It wasn't any place you could go uh, unless, you know, you'd be harassed or whatever the case may be because the only way we would get around was to walk. Yeah. My mother didn't drive, so we didn't, that's the only way we would get it, could get around. And I had a sister and a brother. 
both of them are deceased now. And where, uh, where in the the chain of siblings were you the oldest, I, youngest? I was the baby. You were the baby. Mm-hmm. And so they did they take care of you, or did your parents? Oh take? yeah, my, my mom and dad were divorced many oh. years. It's just my mother was a single parent, and uh, yes, my sister and brother they would take care of us. My brother especially, and I mean he was a very good caretaker, but he uh, they would take care of me. At the school dedication, you talked about uh, in your speech um, picking cotton right there on the field where the school with your name now sits. Yes. Mansfield had cotton fields all over, and that's what we did. We picked cotton to make money in order to buy school clothes. My mom was in the field as well. Mm. And uh, that's, yes, where we have a school right now all out in that area was cotton fields. And that's where we would go and pick cotton. When I shook your hand this morning, I can tell you've got hands of experience. Oh, yes. And it may have been a few years since the days of picking cotton, but you can feel it in your handshake. Oh, yes. You don't and give a person a fake shake. No. You're going to shake it, you shake the hand. You do it the right way. Firm grip. <laughs> You have a school named after you. Why do you think it was you as opposed to anyone else that has taught within the Mansfield ISD? Well, let me tell you about that. They really didn't get my, uh, I didn't, you know, they didn't come and ask me, would you like to have a school name? No, they didn't ask me because they know what I would have said. No. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh. I was just told after they had run this, uh, I guess, uh, had asked around, and whom would you like for this school? And they put, had names. And, uh, of course, they told me, said, everybody was picking Brendan Norwood. So when I found out, they called and told me, well, you gotta, you're going to have a next school name. What? A school? Oh, no. So it became a reality. I was very surprised and and when it became to be reality, I was very humble, very humble and thankful. Alma, why you as opposed to someone else? What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. But it is also humbling, just like Brenda said. Um, very surprised. Um, all I could think of is being here in the district 36 years mm-hmm. and uh, so much has gone a lot of things happened in the district at the time I was there from trying to pass a bond election way back when they were trying to build Bourne Elementary and I was a teacher at Herman Ash, all the way to all the growth and be, just experiencing it but I don't know why just growth and mm-hmm. you touch so many lives as I mentioned in the intro that you not only touched the lives of my kids, you had a tremendous, a profound effect on on my entire family. Uh, my son, Brenda, took one of your, your classes. You saw my son at, at your dedication. You, uh, after 10 years, you still recognized him and gave him a big hug. Um, Alma, uh, you know both of my kids. In fact, the first question when I called you on the telephone, the first question out of your mouth was, how are your kids? <laughs> and uh, so uh, really the first thing is thank you to both of you for shaping my kids and help forming my kids into into what they are today. Uh, my daughter's about to get married next year. Congratulations. Uh, my son, which started his musical career in the sixth grade at Mary Orr, is uh, moving on, wants to become a, uh, a performer in music. Oh, uh, his trombone uh, career started there Wonderful. in the sixth grade. So again, uh, again, just on behalf of the the Casillo family, uh, thank you for your uh, uh, for your heartfelt uh, compassion for for both of my kids. In 
in the teaching process or in the principal process or, or maybe even the teaching process, because you all know we're a, we're a teacher, how important is it or is it important of, of building a bond with the students? There are some teachers who, who really take on a, a, a role of almost the second parent of a kid versus there are some teachers who go to work and go through the motions and there is that separation between teacher and student. Um, what are your your thoughts on, on again, building the bond with the, the student? So far as I'm, you know, far as myself, teaching is a calling. And those students, they are very important to me. And when you have this, have those young people that God had placed you over, you want to direct them, you want to nourish them, and you want to do the very best that you can to guide them through that young life where they can go back and say, well, I need to do this, I need this. But things happen, will happen in their life, just like I would tell them. Everything is not going to be good, but you learn from the good as well as the negative. Right. And you take that in life and you use it. But the children, you first thing that you have to do as that instructor, or if you want to call yourself an instructor or the teacher, whatever, you have to respect. Give them that respect. Show them what it's all about. You are the, the guiding light in that classroom, and they're going to be looking at you. They're going to be listening at you. So everything that I did was, by the grace of God, was directed toward those children so they could have a life, a good life. And that's what it's all about. Well, I go back to being a model. And if the staff can see that you really care for those children and you're listening to those kids and they're not just just kids, but they are a, a young they're people, and you, you're, the way you model with them and, and you listen and, and you look at the needs that they may have and you look at the, all the needs and you know you have to start implementing mm-hmm. programs and what's best for them, just like how we started the Multicultural Club. Yes. We saw yes. the diversity coming into mm-hmm. the district, it took Mary Orr, mm-hmm. and I knew Brenda's back background. And I said, Brenda, we've got to do something. We've got to, the, yes. you know, these mm-hmm. kids need to know history. Mm-hmm. And so you look at the needs of children, and you, when you model that love that you have and bond you have with children, you listen to parents. Parents, that's their treasure, those kids. So they have no choice. That, those are their kids. Right. Yeah. So listening to parents and their needs and their wants and some of the things that you're trying to implement, why it's working, it's not working, and then trying to listen to the faculty also, mm-hmm. you know, Working together, collaborating, everyone working together and collaborating, you know, that's that's a key of meeting the needs of kids. And then how you treat the faculty. Mm-hmm. You have to love them. You have to give them warmth. They're, they're, they spend so many hours at the building. So you try to feed them. You try all the staff development that you're doing. You are, it's more for kids. It's not about just implementing Guidelines and uh, other expectations, but what can we? What's the key to opening these children's heart? It was all about children first, meeting their needs, and if you have that in mind, you know, and all the faculty is right with you, then you have success. And this goes out to both of you, knowing that kids learn at uh, at different levels, at different speeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, how? Because I'm not a teacher. I. I don't have that experience of you've got a classroom of 30 people and and you've got the slow learner, you've got the speed learner, and you've got uh, to 75% of that are just learning at pace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you work with, with three different levels of kids? This is uh, what I did basically when I uh, would see that the students were having some problems with what we were doing. I would take my lunch time. You come eat lunch with me, and we're going to go over this. And I want you to get in a good understanding. And it didn't matter if it was two, three, four, five, or what, but that's what, what I would do. Mm-hmm. 
we would uh, I would take my lunch time and we would stay in the classroom and I would work with those students. To me, that shows you care. Almost oh, definitely, and it, to them, it showed that I cared right. as well. You cared. You oh, brought yes. the people. You didn't. You could have gone to Chick Fil A. Well, maybe not Chick Fil A <laughs> back then, but <laughs> you could have gone out to lunch with all the other teachers. But you chose to spend your time with the students. Yeah, that's basically what I did. And to this day, I had the students that I work with and was there for them. They still keep in touch with me to this day. They are married and have children, but they st we still keep in touch. Because you have to, I mean, this is, you, this is a life that you are working with. And you want to do the very best. And, uh, and uh, my thing was, God has placed me here. He's, I'm not going to disappoint him. Right. I'm going to work with that student. Alma? What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Working with three three different levels of kids, uh, and it probably even goes beyond three. Uh, oh, if yeah. I recall, didn't you also you worked in special ed? Yes. Well, and back then, um, I was doing resource, and Miss Gideon asked me to do an inclusive program where I was going back into the classroom with these children because it was easy just to work with the, the, the teachers would say, here, you work with them. Mm -hmm. And so when uh, Miss Gideon talked to Judy Miller and Judy Miller asked me, I said, okay. Well, it was very difficult to go into the classroom when uh, the expectations were quite different. So you have to figure out ways first to get an okay from the classroom teacher. And so what I did, I'd say, you're going to be observed. So how can I help you with your lesson plan so that you can meet all the, the expectations of the principal when they come in? Would you do that? I said, yes. Yeah. So working with the classroom teacher and making her be successful in that observation with those children and then modeling again how to teach those special children because it, it is there's just a lot of you have to just know the tools to yeah. do that. Kind of opened the door for me to come into the classroom and model. And we all need modeling. Mm -hmm. you know, I needed staff mm -hmm. development on how to model, how to teach. So just a lot of staff development and knowing. And, and a teacher has a lot of tools in order to, to meet each need. And collaboration and working in groups and getting a stronger person with a weaker student, you know, working together and, and using other help, using... Uh, substitute teachers and using people from the community that wanted to come and help. So there's a lot of ways that you can meet the needs of these children. We're talking with retired principal Alma Martinez and retired teacher Brenda Norwood, and we're going to stop it right here, pick it up again next week, where we will conclude our interview, including the ever-popular lightning round. Also, we will have the latest Mansfield news, talk, and information. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters Stacy Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature Michael Evans. Texas Health Tip Katrina Brown. Home Improvement feature Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week feature Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Jacob Atkinson. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield.